Welcome to episode 12 of Advocacy in Court. Our topic is setting up the hearing space for the most effective and persuasive communication by you and your witnesses. We look at this topic because in subtle ways you can influence how effective is your and your witnesses' communication. Turning first to the steps that you can take. When you go to court, make sure that you've always checked that your court toolkit has everything in it that you need. What sort of things might you need in a toolkit? Well, things like a tape measure to measure distances. Spare batteries for any electronic equipment that you're using. Small notepads and post-it notes. And little models if you're running the kind of litigation practice in which models of cars or buildings are useful. Within the courtroom at the bar table, you want to ensure that there is water that you can readily reach. You want to have a chair that is comfortable and suits your purpose. You want to have ready access to any of your notes and you want to know that there's sufficient room uh, to spread them out. There is then the question of will you use a lectern or not? The lectern may be a tabletop lectern or it may be a standalone piece of furniture. Whatever it is, you need to know in advance, having tested it with a minimum of three people, as to whether your persuasiveness is best suited to your standing behind the lectern or standing to one side of the lectern, and if you're standing to one side, whichever it is, whether you should touch or not touch the lectern. If there are tabletop lecterns and you know that you are most persuasive when there is no physical barrier between you and the decision maker, then be sure to move that tabletop lectern away so that it does not create such a barrier. Looking to things in the courtroom that may assist you and your witnesses, check out the position of a wall clock. Check out, too, whether the lighting in any parts of the courtroom can be increased or decreased. Have working pens or market pens so that you can record on a hard copy the progress that you're making when you're dealing with witnesses. You'll find this is necessary if you're interrupted or questioned, or you have a brain freeze while on your feet. The usual expectation in our courtrooms is that our witnesses will face the lawyer or lawyers who are asking them questions, which usually also means that the decision maker, be that a jury or a judicial officer, sees either the side or the back of the witness's head. If you stop and think about that for just a moment, 
it makes no sense at all that we have developed this method of giving evidence. After all, the witness only needs to persuade the fact finder in the courtroom. They don't need to persuade you, the advocate, of anything. For that reason, I encourage you to do whatever you can to have your witnesses face towards, but not stare at, the decision maker or decision makers. This requires some rehearsal by you with the witness so that they become comfortable with the idea of looking towards the decision makers who can then see them face on uh, without um, staring into the decision maker's eyes. For your part, you can help this process by looking towards the front of the courtroom rather than at your witness. This can be remembered with the simple phrase, ear to ear, that's your ear parallel to the witness's ear, and all four of your eyes looking towards the decision maker. Like most guidelines, there is an exception to this. For example, if you are calling a witness who is fragile, vulnerable, and needs your constant reassurance, with that kind of witness, then you will want to be having more eye contact with them during the examination in chief. No doubt, too, they'll be looking towards you at the bar table during the cross-examination. For all witnesses, both those who are fragile and those who are very confident, there are some simple instructions that you need to remind them of that will ensure that they have an easier time in the courtroom. Tell them to wear comfortable clothes, but ones which are fairly neutral. If they have tattoos and piercings, these should be covered, not because there's anything inherently wrong with them, but because some decision makers are frightened by them. Be sure that they are clear as to whether they're going to take an oath or an affirmation, and that when they're given the card to read out those words, that they're moving all their toes so as to synchronise their toes and their voice speed. This is to remind them that when in the witness box, uh, they will need to be sitting with their feet on the floor and moving their toes so that they don't speak too quickly when answering your questions and those of your opponents. Then ensure that they understand why they should be looking towards the decision maker and while you will be encouraging them to do that by maintaining the ear-to-ear and eyes-to-front rule. However, as said just moments ago, with a fragile, vulnerable witness, you will take another, more traditional approach. Referring to the traditional, there are some judicial officers who are adamant that witnesses must look towards the lawyers. If you are in front of such an officer, then make sure that your witness knows to look towards the bar table, between the lawyers at the bar table, but not at the lawyers at the bar table. If it's possible, try to replace any swivel chair 
for a witness with a fixed leg chair. The reason for this is, is that anxious people have a tendency to use a swivel chair to do just that, swivel. Like you, the witness also needs to have ready access to some water and to know that they can have their notes with them once they have the judge's permission up on the table in the witness box. And if there is likely to be some emotion during the giving of the evidence, then placing a box of Kleenex on the witness box has everything in its favour. With the increasing use of evidence being given by audiovisual link, be sure that you tell your witness that they need to be giving their evidence in a quiet place, that it's better to have a neutral back screen rather than all the paraphernalia of their room in view, that they should have some water with them, that all their notes and reference material should be only an arm's length away at most, and that they must have their mobile phone handy. This is to ensure that when the technology fails, both court and you can easily get in touch with them. In the next episode, episode 13, we'll look at what do we want to achieve if we make an opening statement. Bye for now.